Conversations, Episode 3, Cyborg. Written and directed by Oscar and Jade Wenman Hyde. of that. How was yours? It's a salad. Can't complain when there's nothing to gain. Is it just me, or has Millie seemed unhappy since we arrived? Well, you did take her tablet away from her the second we sat down. Yes, because she doesn't need a tablet at the table. It's not exactly our choice, though, is it? I know, but while she's with us, there's a break from screen time. Agreed. What does she need one for anyway? Are you still hungry? Do you want to get a dessert? Mm, no. I better not. We could always share one, so you don't feel guilty for having a whole one. It's not that I feel guilty. I'm on a diet, Alex. You sure act like you're guilty. Well, I don't mean to, but the more you mention it, the closer I get to falling for temptation. But I don't see why I should have to be on a diet, too, when we're out for dinner. I never said you couldn't have a dessert. Okay, do you mind if I have one, then? Do what you want. You will anyway. Excuse me. Waiter. Sorry about that. Would you like dessert? Just two coffees, please. Just a standard filter coffee? No, lattes, please. Can you make one of them skinny? Sure. Won't take me long. I thought you were getting a dessert. I nearly did, but it isn't fair. I'm sorry for getting like that. I support you. And if it means doing this diet, then so be it. I appreciate that. Thank you. It it isn't easy, though. And it's very boring. I can imagine. Why is it that everything nice to eat is unhealthy? Because it's nice to eat. How do you even deal with not eating bad food? With great difficulty. (laughs) That mixed with the determination to eventually love my body. You're perfect in my eyes. Thank you. It's a shame I can't see it that way. The problem is, there's too much pressure on us these days. How are we ever meant to achieve our goals when perfection is so far out of reach? I know what you mean. Social media does make it very difficult for men and women to feel happy with how they look. It's just so hard to love yourself when all you see plastered online is the modern idea of perfection. No one seems to have a roll on their tummy, an ounce of cellulite on their backsides, and they've all got skin smooth as babies' bums. How do they do that? Money. They have teams of people to make them look that good. And let's face it, how many people post an unfiltered version of themselves? Yeah, I guess. And not to mention all those social media influencers. They are paid to advertise products and have photographers constantly capturing their lives. How ludicrous is that? It's utterly ridiculous. And how can a normal woman like me with a full-time job be on the same level? It's impossible. The world is impossible, Esme. Don't get yourself down about it. Here's the skinny latte for you, madam. Thank you. And the regular for you, sir. Thank you. Just give me away if you need anything else. 
I know we should move on from this demoralising subject, but I do try and tell you to distance yourself from social media. I know. But it's not that easy when it's the only way you can connect with your friends and family. Especially with my grandparents in Paris. It, it makes me feel closer to them. I understand that. And I know it's old-fashioned, but you could just give them a call. It's not just about talking to them, though. It's so they can see what we're up to and I can see their life in Paris. Your grandparents don't do anything, Esme. They're retired and in their 80s. But just the chance to see them smiling in a cafe, about to eat a croissant, that's enough for me. And I get your point completely. The internet is a blessing but a curse. However, you don't help yourself with the people you follow. Just use it for your family and friends. I guess. But as sad as it sounds, looking at all of these profiles is kind of part of my daily routine. Do you realise how ridiculous that sounds? I know, and I hate myself for it. But the bug's infectious. Okay, weirdo. Maybe just reduce your stocking time in a day then. Yeah. Okay. I think I can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should just give her the tablet. Oh, we've come this far though, Alex. She'll win. I'm giving up caring. Let her win. <laughs> I can't believe we caved. It's, it's not our fault. She's programmed to need it. Alex, she isn't a robot. Well, in my <laughs> eyes, she shouldn't even have one. I mean, look at her little face. She's fully aware that she has played you. She's a cheeky little monkey. She sure is. She reminds me of one of the babies from Shrek. Oh, super chubby with a big meat head. <laughs> I think she understood that. <laughs> I've been struggling to think what to get her for her birthday. What do you even get for a nearly one-year-old that already has her own tablet? Um, baby xylophone? But there's probably an app for that. <laughs> okay. What about a baby drum set? You'll do anything to push music onto her, won't you? And she isn't even our child. I know. I'm sorry. <sighs> I didn't mean it that way. A drum set is a great idea. You could write songs together when she's old enough. That would be fun, wouldn't it, Millie? Oh, stop it. You know what I'm like. Music's important. It's been ripped out of enough schools. I need to keep it in the family. And that's your job, is it? No, if you picked up the guitar I bought you once in a while, that would help. You're better than me. I like watching you play. Yes, but we could play together. You know I've got no rhythm. Honestly, you're amazing. You're like Carl King. Mellow as the month of me. <sighs> Alex. I can't stand it when you look at me that way. What way? that gleam in your eye, like you still love me as much as you did ten years ago. Who said I don't? No one said it. I just feel that way. Especially as I can't give us everything we want. Always me. I do love you, if not more than I did then. I've had the privilege of being able to watch you grow into the woman that you are today. You're always enough, and that's with or without a child.
<laughs> Sneeting. I've never heard of that before. Is it just me or is it really noisy in here? It is quite loud. There are two over there that aren't really helping, are they? How did I dress before? Not badly, but you have a better eye for fashion these days. <laughs> oh, they seem sweet, though. They were mummy and us when we first met. What, two young men in love? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. I think we're still like that now. Seriously? Yes! Okay, I don't know what world you're living in, Alex. And you know that I cherish this relationship, but so many things have changed. Uh, oh, okay then. Like what? Give me some examples. Uh, okay. Well, first of all, I don't think the fireworks are there, like they used to be. And our chemistry is so different now. I think that that's because we are comfortable and happy with the people we've, we've become. Yeah. But we've moved in some very opposite directions over the past couple of years. I see you as clearly as I once did. I think that's because we've almost become the same person in some ways. I see that as a good thing. To know someone as well as I know you is exhilarating, because there's no surprise. Oh, I miss the surprises. Where are the moments when you'd spontaneously surprise me with presents? <laughs> You're a grown woman, Esme. I've known you your whole adult life. There's nothing more I could get you. Okay, fine. I've become difficult to buy for. But there's not just that. Also, you don't think about me as much as you used to. You're always in your own little bubble. I wish you could live in my head for a day. Heck, even for a minute. You'd see how much my brain is a constant whirlwind of thoughts and feelings about you. Well, you seem stressed. Anxious. I think there's more than me on your mind. I just wish you'd talk to me. Please, don't start this again. Start what? Clawing into my head! Well, I'm not. But why do you never open up to me anymore, Alex? What's the point? The point is I'm your wife. We should always be open and honest with each other. We have enough problems at the moment, and you know I've never been good enough at opening up to you. To anyone, for that matter. I know. But that's something you need to work on. You always let your emotions build up inside and then one day you just unleash them all at once. It's too much for me to cope with. Until I met you, I never had anyone in my life that I could talk to, Esme. You know that. My parents never listened to me or ever wanted to know how I was inside. They'd rather not worry. But I want to listen. I want to know how you are on the inside. How are we meant to maintain a healthy relationship if you close yourself off from me all the time? I try opening up to you. I, I have many times, but it doesn't make it any easier. Men don't cry. At least that's what we are told. And having that thought drilled into your head from the day you're old enough to understand causes more problems than you think. Well, it would be good for you to cry more. To properly open up, let your feelings out. Sometimes... I just wish you would cry, so I could hold you, listen to you, help you. Fine. 
if you want me to open up, then here it goes. When I was about seven or eight, I heard my mother and father downstairs screaming at each other. Their usual midweek teardown. I tried covering my ears with the pillows to drown out the noise, but I could still hear them. Loud and clear. Alex, I know I said I wanted you to open up more, but you don't have to do it here. Look, why don't we go home? No, doing it at home makes it real and too big of a deal. Let's just finish. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so, about an hour later they quietened down. I could hear my mother through the walls, quietly sobbing in her room next to mine, and I didn't think anything of it, because we've all seen our mothers cry. Anyway, I never heard my father come upstairs, so about half an hour later, when I heard my mother get into bed, I quietly tiptoed down. <coughs> I had to watch my feet between the shattered glass and smashed china plates, and I saw a small lamp beaming from the living room. I walked closer still trying to hide myself from getting noticed, and as I walked up to the doorframe, I saw my father, with his head in his hands, crying. Really crying. Oh, Alex. Why have you never told me this? It's, it's just to see your father cry that way. The man that told me that men shouldn't cry, and to lock up the emotions when I struggled with bullies or difficult situations was sobbing into his own hands. That image has never left me, and he never knew that I saw him. But in a way it made me want to hide even further, because I realised how much he hid it from me. Why are you only telling me this now, Alex? Stuff like this would help me to understand your problems with opening up so much more. I don't know what else to say. Nothing. You just don't need to say anything. It doesn't affect me like it used to. But it's at times like this, when everything is bottled up, that it does. Well then, what else have you got hidden away in that brain of yours? It's not the right time, Esme. I don't think situation matters anymore, after what you just told me. Let's talk it out. Neutral playing field. Neither of us can start cursing or throwing our weight around in here. <laughs> Yeah. Ah, what the hell? The truth is, I don't like Millie being here. What has Millie got to do with this? I don't like Millie being here because it makes it so much harder for me. Makes what so much harder? Come on, Esme. You know what I mean. It's harder because she's not ours. There's a child sat at the table and she isn't ours. I know she isn't ours. But I'm trying. Trying to do what? Trying to get pregnant. Trying to be a good wife and give you everything that you want. Don't act like it's only for me. It's just as hard for you, if not harder. But one day, we will get there. I know we will. I hope so. We will. The only reason I brought it up is because it's so much harder to cope when we're looking after Millie. Her face, her smile, her laugh. It's... It's all too much. I understand, but I can't just stop saying I'll babysit. It'll destroy the relationship I have with my sister. Do you not think that this is hard for me too? I'm not saying that, but you wanted me to open up and this is how I feel. To be honest, I, I, I can't remember the last time we spoke about this. I know. 
I guess we've both been keeping a little too much inside. How was the coffee? Can I get you anything else? Can you give us five minutes? It's not a good time. Um, sure. Sorry. Thank you. Ugh. He's only doing his job. Well, obviously. It's just that we finally found a moment to talk and then we're interrupted. So, let's talk. You won't bother us again. You've scared him off. <laughs> okay. Well... I'm sick of walking around in public and envying all of these women who have a child or who have a bump. I just look at them and think to myself, why does she get to be a mum? I'm sure that's normal. No, even if it is normal. I just don't like that feeling. Because then I have this guilt that I'm a really awful person for almost wishing I could just be them and have their child. Don't feel guilty. We're all told to believe that we should settle down, get married and have children. So it's tough when there's aspects of this that can't happen. I can't even watch TV these days or put on a film without fear of seeing a baby. It was like last year when we saw the remake of Lion King. It was hard enough watching Simba and I've seen the original a million times. <laughs> and Simba is not actually a human baby. Exactly. It's ridiculous. But that's the desperation to be a mother. Longing for a child that makes everyday situations just blown out of proportion. I feel all this too. I sometimes struggle when my mates are all talking about their children or when they can't come out for a drink after work. And then I'm reminded I do have the freedom to go out and, and it kills me. <sighs> I maybe wish we'd enjoy it while it lasts. Isn't that right, Millie? I guess in a way we should. I just need you to know that I do try to be strong for you. So you don't have to see me struggle as it must be affecting you more. I don't want you thinking that way. Oh, Christ, you're going through this too. You're so longing for a child that still isn't here. I want us to support each other through this and feel all of the emotions we need to feel without any guilt of the other person. I want to look after you just like you look after me. And you do. I just worry that this journey has already taken its toll. I sometimes feel the same. I don't even recognise my body anymore. This IVF treatment always makes me feel so bloated. Bruises all over my stomach. It looks like Millie's painted all over it. Well, I still think you look beautiful. You would say that. I just... I don't know if I can take the constant disappointment. The heartbreak every time I miscarry or every time the embryo transfer fails. I'm really starting to wonder if this will ever happen for us. And if we should even keep trying. I think that if you believe in something hard enough, then one day it will come true. And besides, we have spent far too much money to give up now. Oh, God, I hope that's true. It's so expensive now, especially since we use the NHS entitlement. Can we even afford to carry on? We'll find a way. I will work every day of the week if I have to. You moan enough about five days, let alone seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at Millie. 
Her tablet's sending her to sleep. That's because she's programmed to it. I told you! Why do you have this weird obsession with her being a robot? She's not a robot. She's a cyborg. Oh my god, please don't tell my sister that. You know she's overprotective. She does not need your conspiracies. <laughs> I am so sorry. I will clean that up right away. No glass hit you, did it? No, it didn't. You just woke the baby. I'd rather the glass had hit me. You're lucky she's cute. I bet she gets away with murder. <laughs> she does. I mean, she has her own tablet. She gets treated better than me. It's clear to me that you both love your daughter. Oh, no. She isn't our daughter. She's my niece. Forgive me for jumping to conclusions. You look like you make great parents. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, thank you. We really appreciate it. Do you have any children? Yes, I do. I have two boys. I don't get to see them much, though, unfortunately. Oh, no, how come? Oh, sorry. Please forgive me. That was really rude. I shouldn't have asked. Not a problem. Let's just say it's complicated. It's nice in a job like this to see people like yourselves. It just goes to show that happy marriages do exist. Who said this was a happy marriage? Oi! <laughs> anyway, if you're all finished, then I'll bring the bill over for you. There's no rush, just enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. We should probably go soon and get Millie home. Yeah, that's a good idea. Then Mummy can put you to bed. Considering we have spoken tonight, I think you should maybe talk to your sister and tell her what you've told me. Yeah, I know. I just don't know how to start the conversation. I don't just want to stop babysitting altogether. Just maybe not as much. You know that you won't do that. You love seeing Millie. More than anything. All I'm saying is that she knows that you're not okay, and I'm sure it would be helpful to open up to her. She wants this for you as much as we do. The problem is, ever since she announced she was pregnant, I've just held this sense of bitterness and jealousy towards her. I know. Maybe just don't tell her about that part. <laughs> <laughs> of course I won't. I just don't want everyone to pity me and walk on eggshells. I couldn't stand that. All I want is for people to understand how this feels. Then maybe I could feel a little bit less defined by my infertility. Okay, well, why don't you talk to her when you drop Millie off then? Yeah, maybe. Or maybe I should speak to her and my mum together. Kind of feel like my mum needs to hear this too. Good luck with that. She isn't the best at listening to things she doesn't want to hear. Oh, there's just always been so much pressure. My mum always wanted her two daughters to experience motherhood and make her a grandma. And I'm the only one who can't actually do it. I feel like a huge disappointment. Wait a minute. You listen to me. You're not a disappointment and you never will be. This is not your fault. You're trying so hard and putting your body through hell to try and give us a baby. And I'm beyond proud of you and all you've gone through. Thank you. 
But you know what my mother is like, Alex. She is a nightmare. She'll do anything for you but drag you into the fiery pits of Mordor in doing so. That's why I love you. There's always time for the Lord of the Rings references. <laughs> That's because of you. I was never like this till you introduced me to those movies. Would you want it to be any other way? Of course not. I love you, Baggins. I'm gay! I think someone's had a bit too much to drink. <laughs> I love you too, Gamji. I'll talk to her later. Get it all done. By the way, I know you weren't sure about coming here, but it's been a really lovely night. It has. And I guess the little cyborg being here wasn't so bad after all. Oh, she's been as good as gold. Esme, do you think I'll make a good father? Of course you will. What's one thing you think I'll be good at as a parent? Oh, one thing. It's hard to choose. Um... God, there's so many. Uh, okay. I think you will be good at playing. Oh, for sure. I'll get all my old Doctor Who toys out that I've been saving for them. Oh, good idea. I was originally going to say DIY, but then I thought about all those botched jobs in our house at the moment and the thought of a child in something that you have built terrifies me. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I'm only joking. What about me? You'll be good at worrying. <laughs> you won't be able to go to the park without three layers of bubble wrap. <gasps> Alex, you said he. Did I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I didn't even realise. I can't believe we haven't properly spoken about genders before. No, we have. It's just been so long since we talked about actually having a child and not just the process of conceiving one. I think I've always just imagined us with a boy. I see myself having many common interests as they grow up. And I see them running circles around you, getting into all sorts of trouble. Ah! Running circles around me? You're the pushover. Hey, that's not true. I just met with all your overprotectiveness. Is that a problem? Of course it isn't. I like it. I don't think I'll worry enough. We'll be the perfectly balanced team. Do you really think so? I know so, Esme. You'll be amazing. Sorry to bother you again. Are you ready to pay now? I thought you said there was no rush. There isn't, but my boss is on my back. It's fine, don't worry. We need to be going anyway. It's getting late and we need to get the little one home. Thank you for understanding. Would you like to pay with cash or card? Card, please. It'll just be a second. This machine's a bit slow. It's 2020, yet technology still struggles to keep up, doesn't it? It sure does, but the restaurant doesn't help. It's not meant to look vintage, it's just gotten old. It's not just the Wi-Fi that needs an upgrade. Oh, I like it. The place has got character. That's why we came in. Good, I'm glad. I like it too. It attracts nice people. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> take it as you wish. Here's your card and your receipt. Thank you very much. Not a problem. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Get the little one home safely and hopefully I'll see you again. Thank you. And thank you for the great service. My pleasure.
That's right, Millie. We're off home to Mama. Mama. Did did she just speak? Oh, she did. Don't tell my sister. She'll be devastated that we heard her say it first. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to make sure we don't miss any firsts when we have a baby. We won't. We'll treasure every moment. Conversations. Episode 3, Cyborg. Starring Elizabeth Grace as Esme, Daniel Warren as Alex, and Oliver Thomas Wright as the waiter. Music by Thomas Yerman. Artwork by Katie Collins. 